The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my guest tonight is Fasad, the Neon Ninja. How's it going? Yo, how's it going? Pretty good. You've been a busy guy lately. Yeah, trying to, uh, been kicking, backflipping, rope walking, dreadlocking, out there trying to take over the world. Hey, you're doing a good job as well. Um, I just saw a match of yours online where you did a beautiful doomsday cannonball move at AIW. Oh my goodness. That was, I keep trying to push myself, you know, and see what I can do out of uh, all these different, you know, risky springboard rope maneuvers and keep trying to push the envelope. And that one, that one was pretty, uh, pretty sketchy, but uh, glad you liked it. I did. I've seen you uh, do all kinds of, um, you know, crazy um, out of flights out of the ring. It's just amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, um, When I first saw you wrestle for the very first time, um, I saw you um, wrestle over at uh, Ring of Honor at a uh, Ring of Honor show in Columbus um, where I saw you and Danny, uh, you know, uh, were in a match together. And then um, after that, um, I saw you uh, the second time over at Remix Pro Wrestling, where you were in a match with uh, Pentagon and Phoenix. Oh yeah, the, uh, the Lucha Brothers. That was a that was a tough uh, tough match there. Um, these guys they uh, they they know they know how to match my high flying and craziness. If there ever was another person to. Yeah, um, what was some? Of your, what's your chemistry with Penta? You've been you've been in the ring with him other times as well. Uh, Penta, like I feel like he is like the the uh, the dark version of Facade. If Facade was a little a uh, little more of a power type and a little bit, you know, um, I wouldn't say heavier, but you know, um, and then uh, you know he's very much a a dark ninja, as we're uh, you know the neon ninja. Is a little bit of the opposite, but uh, both in character and in in uh, abilities were very similar, but at the same time very opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh yeah, I totally agree with you as well. And speaking, you're part of uh, Remix Pro Wrestling as well, another great you know wrestling promotion, and you're the uh, Remix Pro uh, Heavyweight Champion as well, and you're getting ready to defend your title against Christopher Daniels. I am. Uh, Reigning and defending Remix Pro uh, Heavyweight Champion, um, two, second time that I've uh, I've held the title, and this Saturday um, down in Marietta, Ohio, is a really big event that they have a couple times a year, the Throwdown for the Pound. That um, I'm going to be taking on Christopher Daniels in what could be one of his last uh, singles matches outside of All Elite Wrestling. So, really excited to to see how it pans out with this. Yeah, um, seems like it's going to be a, um, a tense, uh, you know, solid crisp match as well. You guys are both great in the ring and uh, very, uh, t- um, you know, technical as well. And since you've been wrestling over at uh, Remix Pro Wrestling as well, it seems the fans love you to death as well. Uh, what's it like with the fan interaction over there at Remix Pro Wrestling? The, uh, the fans in Marietta for Remix are 
you know, one of a kind. They're very special. They're very, very good to me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really a unique situation there where, you know, they've had many uh, matches with me and some, um, some very high profile guys. Like, uh, I had a match whenever, uh, AJ Styles was the IWGP heavyweight champion on two separate occasions there. Um, I've had a match with, uh, John Morrison, uh, was remix pro tag team champions with Matt Hardy. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, these, these teams, a lot of crazy stuff from me throughout the years. And, you know, surprisingly, in those matches, you know, you'd expect it to be more so along the lines of the guys like John Morrison and AJ that the crowd would cheer for. But you'd be surprised how much of the crowd was actually split in some of those matches whenever they were cheering. Yeah, what was it like uh, to wrestle uh, AJ Styles in the ring with his style of wrestling? AJ Styles is one of those guys that I've, uh, I saw when I first got introduced to independent style wrestling. And um, it was actually whenever I had first gone and visited the um, local independent company here in Pittsburgh, known as IWC, I saw AJ Styles in... I visited the, the, the um, I went to the event because I was interested in getting trained, but I didn't know where to go, how to go about doing it, what have you. And IWC was the local company. And through IWC, I found out about Ring of Honor and because they had ran the same venue, ran their uh, events in the early 2000s there. And uh, long story short, I saw AJ Styles and I thought of how that was very close to the way that I would wrestle in his athletic style, hard-hitting style. And so uh, it's pretty cool to, to have a full-circle moment there. I've been on a couple of events with him at IWC as you know I progressed throughout my, um, my career. And then finally having those matches at Remix. And, uh, you know, it was quite the learning experience. You know, it made me set my game up... Uh, a whole, uh, a whole lot of levels, if they're, you know what I mean. And um, the matches, they were, you know, a year apart from each other, so I had time to grow in between and to, you know, really see the measuring stick of, of my growth and myself in that year and what I could do to possibly take AJ down. Um, that's pretty good as well. Um, also, um, let's talk about uh, you know how you met Danny Mo, how your relationship is, and your chemistry in the ring when you guys were uh, the Neon Blondes. And by the way, uh, you guys just had an anniversary as well. Uh, yeah, yesterday or uh, Monday rather, we celebrated our 60 year anniversary, um, which is uh, you know a really cool thing. Um, you know. Uh, she's always there for me both in and out of the ring and uh, it was an interesting way that we had met it was I used to go to a, a gym here in Pittsburgh and uh, she had kind of well stalked me while I was at the gym she would uh, creep on me and have her friends and employees tell me tell them whenever I was there working out so that she would kind of just make herself in the area, if you will, just, you know, hope, hoping that I might catch her eye or vice versa. 
And then, um, you know, one day the stars aligned, and um, I had the courage to say something to her, or maybe she had the courage to say something to me. And, uh, you know, uh, long story short, um, that's how our, uh, our story began. And, uh, you know, progressing here a few years later, she's gone on to, to manage me and be there by my side, both on the road and in the ring. And, um, you know, uh, whenever I'm out there and um, we don't, we're going to get stuff, and, uh, maybe sometimes, you know, some of these bad guys decide to uh, cheat, maybe take advantage of a situation or maybe even try to put their hands on her. She's very uh, capable and able to uh, fight back and uh, kind of lay them out, you know what I mean? Oh, I do. She's pretty tough, and she can take a hit as well. And when um, I had her on my podcast, uh, she uh, recently had a uh, NXT tryout as well. Yeah. Um, it was very, uh, very um, crazy situation uh, because I, I, was, um, I was doing the uh, Asian tour of uh, Singapore and Japan and Thailand. And then uh, while I was away... Um, she had her WWE tryout down at the Performance Center. And, um, you know, although I wasn't able to be here for her physically, I was there in spirit. And it was really cool to to see, you know, all her hard work come into, uh, into you know, a, a physical manifestation of, you know, something so cool to, to get that opportunity. Yeah, I think so as well, and I can I can see her uh, becoming a, a great wrestler as well as you. Um, also, you've you know traveled everywhere. I mean, like around the world, you wrestled in Russia, Japan. Um, um, what was your experience like when you were over in Japan and touring all over in Asia? Um, well, so Asia was really really cool. Um, uh, Singapore, I've been there. Uh, that was the second time that I had been there, and you know the the Singapore Pro Wrestling SPW they really have great shows, and they always take care of me over there. And uh, Singapore is a wonderful place. I, I oftentimes stay, you know, if, if I had a chance to move out of the country outside of you know Japan, which is like my favorite place, uh, it would definitely be Singapore because Singapore is really cool. Like people are really like it. It's an English-speaking culture, and there's just a little bit of everything from everyone there, and it's very green, very tropical, very cool. And uh, Thailand is like a very interesting place, too. Thailand's a little bit like Mexico, but I would say maybe like an Asian version of Mexico. <laughs> but it's uh, very cool also there. There's a lot of cool things to see, unique foods, uh, different cultures in Mexico, obviously, but um, a lot of influence from you know Japan and China over on that end. But as far as Japan goes, um, during that, that trip, I got to see a, a fair bit of Japan, too. Um, that was my second time going to Japan. This time, um, I was over there as a, a, a freelancer, so I got to work for a couple different companies, um, like Gacha Move, uh, as well as Tai uh, Tai Dojo. Did a couple of independent shows, um, and then spent the bulk and majority, majority of the time wrestling for DDT while I was there. So uh, I felt really at home in Japan because I absolutely love Japanese culture, whether it be the video games, the anime, cartoons, um, 
the food, uh, I love Asian food, especially Japanese um, food. So, you know, um, it's really cool to do a lot of sightseeing. Got to uh, hang out with some of my friends from over here in the States, like Sammy Guevara and uh, Mike Bailey and Jason Kincaid. And got to see, uh, got to climb Mount Fuji, got to go to the Godzilla statue and, you know, a lot of, a lot of really, really cool things while I was there. When you were wrestling at DDT, um, did you? Um, what was some of your uh, great matches with DDT? Um, in DDT, there was a one of the, the my favorite matches was uh, big. They're really big on you know having a stable or faction matches where you have three or four or you know even more of members of the stable uh, in matches. And um, when I got there, I had been you know, thrown right into the fire with uh, one of the top factions there in the Renegades, which is led by uh, Irie, who's now making lots of waves over here in the States and um, over in Europe. And so uh, consists of Irie, Wataze, Mizuki, Jason Kincaid, and Sammy Guevara. And so, uh, you know, the, the actual first match I had for DDT was in the legendary and very prestigious Currican Hall. So uh, that was a, a four-way or a, sorry, an eight-man tag match where uh, the Renegades really got to the chance to shine and show what they could do and, you know, um, it's a really cool moment there, especially at the end of the the, uh, the match and the end of the show where all of us got to, to share the ring and um have like a, a cool moment there because that was the only time that all of us were able to be together at the same time because of the way DDT brings guys over. They they kind of cycle them out, so it's very infrequently that all of the guys in the stable are there at one given time. Hey, that's pretty good as well. And what's it like working with Jason Kincaid as well? He's another great talent. Jason Kincaid's the man. I've uh I've worked with him for years and years and uh you know he doesn't he doesn't live too far away um you know down in west virginia a good six hours five hours something like that so you know a lot a lot of places along the east coast here we've crossed paths and it's one of the people i've had maybe i've wrestled the most outside of uh, gory but um we, people have always said they wanted to see us as a tag team and uh we make a joke uh, that it took us going halfway around the world for someone to finally put us together as a tag team. And, uh, you know, we, we started tagging together over there in DDT. Now we brought that magic back here to the States and Canada. And, uh, we've, uh, had quite a run now here with, uh, the Renegades. We're, uh, actually undefeated in North America. Hey, that's pretty awesome as well. I would love to see you and Jason Kincaid uh, tag. I've never seen you guys tag together, but I've always, you know, seen some of your matches solo as well. And I would love to see you guys tag one time in the match. Yeah, we he's he's got a great mind for wrestling and um, a lot of creative ideas on a, on a pretty regular basis. So, you know, some of the things that he does, along with uh, being a little bit of a wild child himself, much like me, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's a recipe for some, some crazy antics, that's for sure. 
I bet it is. Um, also, how'd you come up with Facade, the Neon Ninja, and what got you obsessed with neon colors? Um, it's a pretty interesting story because the, the name really, it, it took a bit of a, a bit of time for me to um, figure out, you know, what exactly to call myself. Um, you know, much like many other kids, uh, spent some time backyard wrestling and I never really had like a, a, a name whenever I wrestled but um, I still do a lot of the same moves and things like that when I when I wrestle but um, with that uh, I only fact you know, made my creator wrestler on these video games you know, back way back when and uh, in doing so it was always pretty much what I look like today, you know, um, um, pretty wild and interesting hair. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, as well as, uh, pretty interesting, uh, uh, gear too. Um, I've always had a, a thing for ninjas, especially like, uh, the kind of ninjas you see in like fighting games, like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. So, they're very much an inspiration to uh, my style and the kind of uh, the kind of uh, look I was going for. And then slowly but surely, I kind of uh, refined that into you know what you see today, based on you know what look what I think looks cool and you know um, you know what uh, what's functional and you know what's appealing to uh, you know your body type. So as far as coming up with the actual character. Um, you know, uh, the bright colors was an interesting thing. When I first started wrestling, I wore uh, pretty dark clothes, actually, uh, mostly black, so a little bit of red, some, some camo, some urban camo, some couple of phases that I went through. But um, some one day someone told me, I believe it was Chris Hero, they said, you know, uh, you wear all these bright colors in and out of, or out, outside of the ring. You ever think of... Uh, you know, wearing that kind of thing whenever you wrestle. And, you know, that was an interesting thing to me because <laughs> I don't know why it never crossed my mind. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a, a little bit of how I, I, I come up with that. And, you know, oftentimes people also ask me, like, why I wear the, the bright colors on a you know, pretty regular basis. And outside of me just you know, dressing, uh, just, you know, I guess whatever... <laughs> however I dress, uh, um, there's a little bit of a backstory to that too, because, um, back whenever, uh, I was a, a kid, a teenager in, in high school, I used to wear a lot of dark clothes, a lot of like crazy clothes too. And, um, I got made fun of a little bit for, you know, wearing all the, the dark clothes and the, the, the crazy skateboarder clothes. And then, uh, you know, one day, um, I just, I, I guess you could say I stepped out of the darkness and into the light, and uh, I guess the seeds of the neon ninja were because, you know, um, slowly I chipped away and chipped away until, you know, uh, you have what you see here. Hey, that's pretty good as well. And you also had a uh, match with uh, the NWA uh, World's Champion, uh, Nick Aldis, as well. What was that like 
to get in the ring and to wrestle for that historical 10 pounds of gold? That was an awesome, awesome experience because, uh, you know, I, I'd seen Nick Aldis uh, wrestle for, you know, quite a, quite a bit of time, like a lot of people have on, you know, Impact or TNA. And, um, you know, I always thought he was, you know, quite an athletic specimen, quite a hell of a wrestler. But, um, you know, I never had really thought of myself um, wrestling for the NWA World's Heavyweight title. Um, whether it would be him as champion or whomever. But, uh, you know, it's fate you have it. It kind of fell in my lap because one day I was talking about, you know, I'd love to wrestle for the, the NWA um, championship. And, uh, you know, it's funny. You put it out in the universe like that. And, uh, you know, you... you asking you shall receive kind of thing so um the match that i had with him i was very happy with down at uh asw all-star wrestling down in um west virginia uh it was pretty pretty good match a hard fought hard fought match um but unfortunately uh came up a little bit short and um so i don't have the 10 pounds of gold currently as you can imagine but um Let's just say that there may be a rematch in the works, and you never know what the future might hold. Hey, that's pretty good as well. You've you've also held tons of gold at one time as well. You had a lot of championships. Yeah, uh, at one time I have had uh, actually seven uh, titles, uh, independent wrestling championship titles, uh, in about what is it, two. I was. Uh, the CWE Undisputed Champion in Youngstown. I was the Prime Wrestling Light Heavyweight Champion from England. I was a Remix Pro Heavyweight Champion in Marietta. Um, I had the uh, Freedom Pro Television title, which is in, uh, at the time was in Wisconsin. Um, I had the IWC Super Indie title super indie title in Pittsburgh. Um, the ASW X Division title, which is uh, what I spoke of, the ASW All-Star Wrestling in uh, West Virginia. So, uh, you know, one time I was on a pretty pretty crazy run there. And, uh, you know, it's just hard to keep up with both the bookings and the schedule to maintain that kind of, uh, that kind of, uh, you know, winning streak, if you will. And I oftentimes make a joke because right before that happened, uh, I had met, or after that happened, I met Danny. And slowly but surely, I lost all those titles, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't you be blaming Danny on that now. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Hey, that's um, that's pretty awesome as well. You had those titles, but you know, you something, you found yourself a you know a good girl, a good partner, a good manager, and she has to um, um, a good tag team partner as well. Yeah, fair trade. Hey, that's a heck of a good trade. Um, let's talk about your time over in uh, Bangkok. What was it like in Bangkok? I never thought they would have professional wrestling in Bangkok. So, did they have like a wrestling ring or anything like that? So, uh, Bangkok, uh, it is very, very crazy over there. Um, 
So uh, the thing that uh, is pretty frequent in Bangkok is mat wrestling, which is actually rain. Uh, however, the event that I was on was a uh, one of the larger events they do, where um, they had a uh, ring that they have once in a while. They will they will bring it out. It's, they have a ring. It's just they they don't always use it because of the, the situation. Um, they try to preserve it as much as they can, and they they use it for their big events. So uh, you know, with with that, they uh, they had this event um, and. Uh, Guys from all over uh, Southeast Asia, like from Singapore, from Thailand, or I'm sorry, from Taiwan, a um, couple of guys from Russia. Um, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty uh, global kind of event. But um, Thailand itself is a really, really interesting place because um, you know there's a lot of like crazy technological things that are going on, but at the same time, there's a lot of like you know, rugged old school type thing that uh, that uh, you'll see too. Hey, that's pretty good as well. And speaking when you're not wrestling, you know, and hanging out with Danny as well, um, you um, have a lot of uh, hobbies as well. Um, you're also a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan as well. Yeah, I love I love me some Ninja Turtles. I love some Power Rangers. I love Ghostbusters. Um, That's pretty good as well. So, do you have yourself a big, huge Ninja Turtle collection? Yeah, those fun. Um, those Funko Pops are addicting. I have a huge Funko Pop collection too. I got tons, and then you keep on going to where it's like, man, I gotta get this one and this one and this one. So, um, how big is your Funko Pop collection? Oh, uh, <laughs> um, probably about like big, good, fifty or so. Okay. I, and I, I'm not the kind of guy that like keeps them in the box, but I try to take them all out of the box. And, I'm I'm kind of silly where I will uh, I will I will set them up. Um, I don't actually collect like all of a certain set. I just collect characters that I like because like I'll just have like a, you know a bunch of random ones. Like I have a whole bunch of like venomized uh, Marvel characters like the the Hulk and Carnage and stuff. And then I'll have like all the Power Rangers hanging out with the Ninja Turtles. And then like I have a squad of ninjas, all different types of ninjas like Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes. 
Shredder and Foot Soldiers. And so uh, then I got Godzilla with some of the, the Power Ranger Zords and the State of Marshmallow Man. And <laughs> it's a really like, uh, you know, all over the place collection, but just like individual stuff that I like. Hey, that's pretty awesome as well. I'm like that as well. And, you know, this is pretty cool. You're a big geek like me and also like pro wrestling, and you're a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, I used to really collect a lot of uh, gaming stuff, like uh, retro games and things like that, too. Uh, all the systems that I had when I was a kid, I still have. But, uh, you know, I wish I could have more time to play them. But uh, I still have them, and uh, every so often I'll bust them out and you know, try to get a gaming session on with my friends, but, you know, the free time isn't really there between uh, all the wrestling and the training and all the other crazy stuff going on. Oh, I bet as well. And speaking, since you're a big, uh, you know, uh, you know, Power Rangers fan, um, have you ever met any of the Power Rangers? No, not yet. I really, uh, you know, most people like the, the Green Ranger, uh, Jason David Frank, as do I. Um, and so hopefully... Um, you know, I get to meet him one day. I also really like uh, um, Austin. I forget his name. Austin uh, St. John. Yeah. He was the original Red Ranger also. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the original crew is uh, my favorite. But, uh, you know, um, I, I watched it for, man, uh, for even, even still up until recently, um, I started getting back into uh, some of the ones they have on Netflix that I think is the Power Rangers Super Samurai, which is you know, pretty cool too because they're bringing back like ninja style stuff. Hey, that's pretty awesome as well. Um, they had a um, uh, some articles on Jason David Frank, and I think it was over in Texas. He's thinking about you know getting a ring and trying uh, pro wrestling. Yeah, that'd be crazy because like I know he had a friend. I think I've seen something about that too where he was going to manage somebody but then it turned into like you might actually wrestle and then uh, you know I, I I would love to to get a chance to uh, fight a Power Ranger you know <laughs> hey that would be an interesting match a Neon Ninja versus a Power Ranger how cool would that be that and the audience would be so popping as well yeah I think we have a uh, license to print money there, guys. Let's, let's make it happen. Let, who, who we gotta, who we gotta petition here? Oh, exactly. Maybe me and you should uh, hit Jason David Frank on Twitter and be like, "Hey, man, how about you come and wrestle my boy uh, Facade the Neon Ninja?" <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great place to have a you know a, a, a remix there because remix always has a nice crowd, and uh, you know it'd be a great show for them and great exposure for their. Uh, both Jason David Frank in for a remix, you know? Hey, that'd be pretty good as well. Um, you also have like a jacket or vest of patches of all the countries you've been to. I've seen a picture of it. It's kind of cool. Thank you. Yeah, I try to, you know, um, I can take a little piece uh, with me, if you will, from all the places I, I've been to, kind of wear like, a, like my heart on my sleeve kind of thing and, you know, wear it as like a, a badge of, you know, honor of, know being uh, all these places blood sweat and tears wrestling has brought me there and you know i love to be able to represent that um you know in a, in a physical form every time i come to the ring to show the world a little bit of uh the the, the lucky uh, accomplishments that i've had 
um, that you you have. Um, I know if you've been all around the world wrestling everywhere, um, what are some other countries that you haven't got a chance to wrestle at you would love to go to? Uh, one of the top of the list is Australia because uh, Australia is really like a place I've always wanted to go to as a uh, as just a, a tourist. So, one Australia would be really cool as, as a for wrestling too because wrestling in Australia has really um, grown into a, a cool thing the past few years. You know, um, with guys like uh, Will Osprey going there and exposing. Uh, uh, going there and training, exposing the world to a lot of the awesome talent coming out in there, um, and uh, a couple of great companies starting to, to spring up. And uh, I happened to meet some very good Australian wrestlers that uh, both in Singapore and in England um, on my travels. So you know, uh, outside of that. I oftentimes joke I'd love to go to Antarctica and wrestle there because uh, I don't know if anybody's gone to Antarctica and wrestled yet. I would love to be, you know, among the first. I I always also said that I wanted to wrestle on a boat and have a wrestle wrestle, but Chris Jericho beat me to the punch on that one. Oh, that's crazy as well. You know they have a wrestling promotion in Alaska. That'd be cool if you wrestled in Alaska. Yeah, I heard about that. I would love that. That would be really cool because, uh, you know, um, if not Antarctica, maybe get up there near the Arctic Circle. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe in the future we'll end up seeing maybe Neon Ninja and All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, I would love that. So what do you think of All Elite Wrestling so far and how big it's gotten and where it's going? Uh, I think it's great. Uh, you know, it's a great thing for the wrestling business, uh, a great thing. Wrestlers, uh, the talent pool seems to be great. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I keep making a joke that, you know, after the, me and Christopher Daniels have an awesome match this Saturday in Marietta, that, uh, the Young Bucks are going to come out and, uh, maybe, uh, sign your boy the Neon Ninja to a contract right there on the spot. Hey, why not? Um, you wrestled over at Ring of Honor for a little bit as well. Uh, what was your experience over at Ring of Honor with the uh, um, you know, locker room, and what did you learn over there when you were over at ROH? Um, there's, a, there's, there's a lot that, uh, to be learned. Uh, you know, sitting under that learning tree at Ring of Honor because there's so many awesome guys there both now and um, you know, while I was still... Uh, you know, working there a little bit more consistently because um, guys like Bully Ray, guys like Jay Lethal, and then uh, also guys like Christopher Daniels, who I'd oftentimes go to and uh, get advice from. And, uh, you know, that was one of those things, too. Every time I had a match, Christopher Daniels, you know, he's one of those guys I always went and uh, checked in with and... Uh, seeing if he had caught my match to uh, let me know what I could do to better myself. And, you know, he was always there to help. And that's another reason why, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend and then uh, having, like I said, <laughs> having a great match with them and having, them, uh, having the young bucks come out afterwards. <laughs> oh, that's, that'd be pretty <laughs> cool seeing 
the scene yeah, that you were there too. Um, oftentimes they gave me a lot of great feedback uh, because um, you know I, I had some experience with them at Remix. Also, uh, whenever I wrestled AJ Styles, I had a uh, a moment of after the match we had like a post match celebration with the Young Bucks, myself, Danny, and AJ Styles. We had a little bit of a uh, surge party, as we would call it, because um, we always had. Uh, not always, but when Surge came back, I was doing a thing with the uh, Surge and doing like a in-ring celebration, a little toast uh, after the match. If we had a great match, I uh, did it in remakes. I did it in Russia. I did it in a lot of different places. And uh, after the match with the uh, AJ Styles, um, the Young Bucks, uh, Jason Gory came out, uh, beat up me and AJ, and they were getting ready to. Um, messed up Danny and the Young Bucks came to the rescue and Danny and them fought back and uh, we were cracking certain shoulders and throwing them into the crowd and uh, <laughs> we all shared a uh, uh, two street in the, in the middle of the ring where honorary Bullet Club members for the day. And it's pretty good as well. Wouldn't that be cool if you were in a super kick party with the Young Bucks? Yeah. I got to be in super kick. I watched a lot of Shawn Michaels growing up and so uh you know, I like to think I have a mean super kick myself. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool if you got in a match with them and you were like super kicking everybody with them. Wouldn't that be a dream come true? <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty cool. I was actually, uh, I did have a chance to wrestle uh, against them um, in Dragon Gate USA quite a few years ago um, with a lot of other uh, pretty crazy talent that's now in WWE. Uh, you can check it out. It's uh, Mercury Rising from New York a couple years ago. It's Myself and Young Bucks and uh, A.R. Fox and uh, um, Samurai Del Sol, who's now Kalisto in WWE, and Wuha uh, Nation, who's now uh, Apollo Crews in WWE. So, uh, pretty pretty wild match there. I bet it was as well. Um, have you uh, since Danny has done it? Have you ever thought about you know trying out for WWE as well? Yeah. Um, sometime this year uh, we'll make that tryout happen but uh, you know nothing's set in stone and you know it's not always up to uh, the wrestlers to, to make that happen too um, you know uh, you apply and oftentimes there's a quite a quite a big wait list or quite a big invite list that you have to go through uh-huh. in order to make them happen so Hey, that's pretty good. I hope it happens for you in the near future as well. So where can everybody find you on social media if they want to know what you're up to next and some of your matches? Sure. Um, you can find the Neon Ninja on Twitter and Instagram at the number one facade. That's the number one, F-A-C-A-D-E. Also, onefacade.com. You can find merch and uh, links to my schedule and other things like that on there as well. Uh, pro Wrestling Tees search Facade or Pro Wrestling Tees slash Facade for some Neon Ninja merch on there and uh, yeah if uh, if um, you go on YouTube there's uh, I do a little bit of uh, matches some vlogs and some you know random things that you'll see uh, other YouTubers doing like you know you'll have your I do some streaming on my YouTube page. Um, I do random unboxing, like uh, so. Uh, on my YouTube is 
the number one facade underground. Uh, take a look at that, and uh, you know, can see in a whole assortment of both wrestling and you know, outside of wrestling stuff on there. That's pretty good as well. I'm gonna definitely check that out as well. And speaking of Surge, um, you and Danny like to drink that a lot, man. I'm surprised Surge is not sponsoring you. Well, uh, the thing about Surge, we're, we're very lucky. Uh, we actually don't get to drink it as much as we'd like, but uh, we do like to dabble with uh, Bang Energy. Um, so that's, that's, that's our, our new thing. We still drink certain beer, but, you know, only on celebratory occasions. But, however, um, we, uh, we're very lucky. To, we, we, we do, do uh, have a couple of sponsorships that um, people take care of us very well. We're sponsored by Zubaz, the pants that you always see us decked out in, the neon Zubaz. Uh, Pit Viper sunglasses, which are those awesome, uh, damn near indestructible sunglasses. And then, uh, the Savage Stash, where, uh, you see a lot of people will have those, uh, fanny packs and, uh, the concrete supplements from Air Sports. We got some awesome proteins, pre workouts, and creatine that keep us looking jacked AF. That's pretty good too, and then and especially Zubaz. You and Danny look good in Zubaz. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Funny thing about the Zubaz, like me and Danny, like when, whenever we first met, Danny was not really into Zubaz at all. <laughs> and, uh, so it took a little bit of a adjusting for for her to get used to them, and then hey that's pretty awesome as well um i have a friend who uh, um, was in pro wrestling as well his name was ed gonzalez and he's a huge fan of the zubaz as well <laughs> awesome yeah it's fun too because like a lot of times we learn about people will see them and uh you know old timers like bodybuilders weightlifters you know they'll, they'll recognize them and you know they get a they get a kick out of them too and I bet they get a kick out of the fanny packs as well, because you know some of those old... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Like I said, thank you for coming out of your busy schedule to come on the podcast and share your story with me and my audience. Oh, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me on the Wrestle Podcast. Uh, you know, um, uh, sorry we couldn't make it happen sooner. And, you I hope we do this well. And also, uh, when you talk to Danny, tell her thank you so much. She's done a lot for me as well. Oh, absolutely. She, I won't, I won't yeah. let her know. Uh, she's like taking a nap right now. We, <laughs> right early in the morning to do our personal training and kickboxing classes. So we have a weird sleep schedule. We're going to wake her up and then we're going to do a workout ourselves. All right, that's pretty good as well. And everybody else, uh, thank you for listening to Wrestle Podcast. You can listen to my podcast, Wrestle Podcast, at Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, uh, podcastcity.net, or podcastcity.net. Um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. And you can follow me on Twitter at WPopCast1 and Facebook at Russell Podcast. Everybody have a great evening. What's up, podcast listeners? This is Jargo from the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, as well as HTM Sports, right here on the HTM Podcast Network. Listen, if you love Robin's show, then chances are you'll enjoy ours as well. We talk a lot of Ring of Honor, New Japan, MLW, AEW, NXT, WWE, you name it, we've got you covered. So hit that subscribe button. Be sure that you catch the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, the weekly flagship, right here on the HTM Podcast Network. 
Hey, this is Stevie Richards. I'm here to tell you, you don't necessarily need all this equipment to get in the best shape of your life. All you need is this, a resistance band. I'm so excited to offer the 12-week resistance band training program to you, which features an interactive PDF with full overview videos, modifications, descriptions of all the exercises, scalability, no matter what fitness level or what age you are, the PDF scales the workout to you. Also, after your instant download of the PDF, you get full direct email support right from me, as well as access to a Facebook group with an awesome interactive community. I can't wait to help you take control of your fitness journey. So just put in stevierichardsfitness.com, go to the store, and download the 12-week resistance band training program. Hey there. Do you like Ring of Honor? Yeah. Do you like Impact Wrestling? Sure do. How about Independent Wrestling? Of course. Who doesn't? Do you like the WWE? Yeah, I can take it or leave it. Do you like Kim Kardashian? <laughs> no. Good, because we don't talk about her here. This is Turnbuckle Talk. Member of the Hitting the Mercs Pressing Podcast Network. Check us out on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and all those other podcatchers by searching Turnbuckle Talks. You can find your friends at the HTM Podcast Network by searching Hitting the Marks. You will be glad you did, as Big Joe and myself, Carl Carafel, take you on an audible journey into the world of professional wrestling every week. With the HTM Podcast Network, you can listen to shows like the Wrestle Podcast, Tables, Athers, and Chairs, the PW Hustle, and of course, the flagship show, the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast at hittingthemarks.com. So be sure to keep up with the greatest Canadian podcast duo and listen to Turnbuckle Talk. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my guest today is Paloma Starr. How's it going, Paloma? Doing pretty good. Thank you so much for having me on. And how are you? Pretty good. Um, you had a, a busy uh, weekend as well, and you're pretty sore. I am just coming off a trip this weekend. Russell's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Definitely feeling it today on this Monday morning or Monday afternoon, but I wouldn't have it any other way. That's pretty good as well. Um, you were uh, born in Northern California in San Jose. Um, I was, you know, raised down in Southern California, like around Bakersfield as well. But you grew up in a very crazy, dangerous city. In Mexico, called Juarez. Tell me a little bit about your growing up in Juarez, and were you? And then did lucha libre style wrestling get you to become a big fan? Yeah, definitely. So I was definitely a Cali girl, but growing up in Mexico for about eight, nine years was definitely a different upbringing for me. Um, when I tell people I grew up in Juarez, they're like, "What? You made a lot of lies?" Because of course, Juarez is known for the whole. The- the capitations, the whole cartel, and a whole bunch of negative things, but there are, but there's a lot of history there when it comes to Lucha Libre, and growing up, my favorite wrestler was Spinevlas and his mini Alusha, so that's the first type of wrestling that I was exposed to, and that was the only wrestling, honestly, that I knew until I was about nine years, nine years old, so I actually got to meet my favorite wrestler, Spinevlas, when I was seven years old at a grocery store. And ever since then, I knew that I was going to be a fan of wrestling for life, and I wanted to be involved in it in some shape or form. So it was really awesome being able to be introduced to wrestling at such a young age, going over to shows with my grandma and my mom, and meeting my favorite wrestler ever. So definitely a new, different uh, upbringing than most, especially having to cross the border every day to go to school. When I tell people that I needed to cross the bridge 
and cross the border to go to school. Like, wait, what? That's crazy. But for me, that was my normal. And I know I understand that, you know, my normal is definitely not everybody else's normal, but definitely a cool different upbringing that I'm very proud to be from this. That's pretty good as well. Um, like I um, said, um, you trained in El Paso, Texas, and San Antonio, and you were the first female wrestling training trainee to uh, study over at Taz's dojo. Uh, tell me a little bit about that, and how were you feeling being the only girl training with a bunch of guys over at Taz's dojo? Definitely being a woman in wrestling, especially training, I was used to being the only woman in my training class whether it be starting off in San Antonio at Anarchy Championship Wrestling or up in Long Island with Taz. But I was very intimidated. The truth to say that I even met Taz. He is very intense and intimidating guy. He's so, uh, obviously, everybody knows his accomplishments. But it was awesome training with him. I, that was the most I've ever learned when it comes to wrestling, not only inside of the ring, but outside of the ring. Taz was the first person to ever really talk about how to uh, carry yourself on social media, how to act and, and backstage, how to be a professional, how to treat wrestling as a business. And uh, there, his style of training was, that's what it was, was in intensity. He had this orange and black sign that he would point to on a regular basis when be training and point at it and be like, intensity, intensity. And that's when it comes to whatever it be, your promo, your match, whatever it is, just do it with intensity. And it was so much fun, and I'm very proud and honored, quite honestly, to be the first female to be able to train at uh, Taz's Dojo. And I even got to have a match with Danny Doring, so that was pretty cool, too. But definitely, I still use and carry his lessons that he taught me today. That's pretty good. You learned a lot from Taz as well. Um, You also uh, learned um, some stuff from uh, Cody Jones as well. I sure did, yeah. I I feel like I'm always training and always learning. I'm never going to stop learning in this business. I actually got to be able to train up in Emerald and uh, Top of Texas Wrestling with Cody Jones. And it picked up. I think that's what, where I really was able to refine myself as a wrestler. I feel like the first very early beginnings of my career, I was still trying to find myself and really trying to figure out what my style is and how I was going to do it. But other than my time in Emerald with Cody, that's definitely where I refined who I was. That's that's pretty good as well. And how did you come up with uh, Paloma Star? Is there an origin story to that? Uh, it's funny that you say that. My very first wrestling name was just Star, and it was because I was not creative at all whatsoever. And my mom actually is the one that helped me come up with Star because that was in my very first show. I was like, oh, I guess I need a wrestling name, and my mom was there. And then I asked him, like, what's your name my wrestling name? And she's like, well, you like stars. Why don't you Star? I'm like, all right, but so became Star. And that extra R, because it's two R's, um, came from a typo. My very first promo picture ever that my trainer made for me, he accidentally added the other R. He's like, wait, it's not with two R's? And it wasn't, but so it just stuck with that. And of course, like, stylistically-wise, it just looks kind of cooler. And uh, my first name is Paloma. So for the longest time, I just wrestled that star. I wanted to wrestle as Paloma, but I didn't think anybody could say it. Until one day when I came up to Chicago and wrestled for Resistance Pro, and it was when Billy Corgan was still around, and I introduced myself to Billy Corgan, and Billy was like, Paloma, why aren't you wrestling as Paloma? And I'm like, because nobody can ever say it. He's like, no, you should wrestle as Paloma. He's like, nobody else has that name, and it sounds cool. So basically, thanks to Billy Corgan, 
Hey, you feel she should feel privileged about that. Billy Corgan uh, gave you that name as well. I mean, he's running NWA wrestling as well. That's just pretty cool that Billy Corgan gave you that and um, made you like it feels like you were like reborn. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's really what I wanted to be the whole time. And thanks to Billy Corgan, which is so weird to say, I now really found myself as Paloma Star because that's who I am. I am Paloma. And it's really funny, too, that he's the one that brought it up. And um, thanks to him, too, I actually won the Resistance Pro Women's uh, uh, Memorial Tournament. And that's how I basically ended up coming to Chicago. So it's crazy when I, when I look back and think about it. But, yeah. That's pretty good. Um, you live in Chicago where it's a hotbed for pro wrestling. There's so much wrestling up there as well, especially for women's wrestling, especially over at uh, Berwyn, Illinois as well. Um, what's it like uh, wrestling over in, you know, like the Chicago area in Illinois? And and I've been to a lot of matches up in Illinois, especially when I went to All In. Um, those fans in Chicago take their pro wrestling very seriously, and everywhere I go see a wrestling show in Illinois, uh, the buildings always erupt. Yeah, definitely. I think fans in Chicago, in general, whether it be for wrestling or sports, are just passionate. And of course, when it comes to wrestling, they're like extra passionate. Every show that's here in Chicago, you will see like you know the loyal fans that go to every show, or they're only dedicated to that one company. But Chicago is definitely like a hotbed of wrestling. I love that it's centralized. Everything's pretty close. You know, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, Missouri is only a drive away. And it's awesome to see whenever you see those big shows coming in. Everybody turns out for those big shows here in Chicago. You know, if you have a shop in Chicago, you know you're going to have a really good and rowdy crowd. So it's awesome to be here. There's lots of options for wrestling, lots of really good wrestling promotions around. And with a lot of different styles, you have your Lucha Libre, your all-women shows, your mixed shows, anything and everything you could find, you could find it here in Chicago. So it's awesome to be part of it all. And speaking of them, since you live over in Chicago, Illinois as well, you're a big sports fan, especially the Chicago Cubs. And um, also, you know, not too long ago, of course, you know, the Chicago Cubs won their very first World Series as well. And um, what you were telling me is you witnessed all that. So what was that like for you? And what's it like to be a a Chicago Cubs fan? Because those people uh, take Chicago Cubs baseball very seriously. Not White Sox baseball, but Cubs baseball. Exactly. I'm a Northsider myself. So, of course, I'm a Chicago fan. Cubs fan, and it's amazing. You know, I was right outside of Murphy's bleaches whenever they won the World the World Series. It was uh, like such a great experience. That's the most anxiety I've ever had from uh, from watching a game, and just to be part of it all was really proud and awesome. Especially being part of the parade, where I think it was like the fifth largest gathering of humans in history, and it was part of all that. So it was. Hey, that's pretty. I love being a fan, so it's really cool. Like I said, Chicago people are just passionate people, whether it be about wrestling or uh, baseball. It's it's fun living here, and go Cubs. Hey, that's good. That's pretty awesome as well. Um, let's talk about some other places you wrestled as well. Um, there's a great promotion in my neck of the woods called uh, Battle on the Border uh, Pro Wrestling, and you wrestled over there three times as well. And you're going to be um, coming to the upcoming. 
uh, all women's uh, wrestling show in June over in Addiston as well. Um, tell me your experiences over at Battle on the Border Pro Wrestling and what w- and what's it like to work with uh, Denim Blevins who runs everything. Battle of the Border Wrestling is an awesome place to work at. I've always had lots of fun. Every time I go there, lots of room is great. Working with Denim is great, too. He's a great guy. I always appreciate him reaching out to me, especially for the all-women show. It's awesome to see so many companies in the area uh, definitely celebrate and focus on women's wrestling, especially with how popular and how current uh, it is right now. So it's great great to see that. I'm glad to be part of it, and I'm glad that Battle of the Border is jumping on in and is, and is having me be part of their all-women show. I'm definitely excited and looking forward to that. And hopefully lots of people have a chance to go check it out. That's pretty good. Another big powerhouse woman over in Battle on the Border uh, Pro Wrestling as well is uh, Jocelyn Navarro. I would love to see you get in a ring with Jocelyn Navarro. Yeah, I've had before. And one of the places that we wrestled at was a Battle of the Border. And we've also wrestled at in wrestling theology as well. So hopefully our class our uh, wrestling class again, and I'll be happy to meet her across the ring. Oh, I would love it. I'd like to see you give her a beating because um, uh, she's a, a talented performer in the ring. I'm just tired of her cockiness, and she's the uh, women's champ over at Battle on the Border, and she thinks she's badass, and then she's got her uh, crazy uh, guy not too far behind her, uh, Brandon Xavier. Yeah, totally. Maybe I could come down and, you know, show her a lesson and show her what's up with it. So I'll be glad to go to step in the ring with her. So we'll see. Hey, you never know. All right. Let's talk about um, one of your biggest feuds lately with uh, Pretty Little Cycle, Shauna Reed. And um, she also uh, has your leather jacket and she's been posting pictures of her wearing it everywhere she wrestles and lets the fans wear it. She even lets her dog wear it. How do you feel about that? And do you have any type of plan to get your uh, leather jacket back from her as well? And then when you made your debut over at FGW over in Hamilton, Ohio, outside Cincinnati, you had a chance to get your jacket back during the match. And then uh, referee Joe Capaz uh, ran off with it. And then he took a picture of wearing your jacket. still has my jacket. Like, I really can't believe that she still has my jacket. We've had three different matches in two different states for me to get my jacket back and still nothing. And the last time was the closest I've ever been to getting my jacket back. And like you mentioned, uh, the referee Topaz had to run off with it. And that's the only reason I have my jacket. But I'm getting tired of every week somebody different wearing my jacket, including her dog. But I will definitely be getting my jacket soon, whether it be that's pretty good because when you get in the ring with Shauna Reed, you guys have that great chemistry and it seems like you're so good in the ring with each other. You can read each other's minds what you guys are going to do next to make those uh, awesome, you know, crisp matches. Definitely. It's funny that you say that too because for like almost three years, two and a half years, me and Sana have never had a one-on-one match, and now we've had plenty of one-on-one matches. But unfortunately, she with the, at the cost of my jacket. But hey, I'm telling you, one of these days, I'm gonna have it back, and you'll see a whole bunch of pictures of me in it. Oh, I can't wait! When you get your jacket back, when I see you somewhere, I'm gonna have to. Uh pose with you with your jacket back and then we'll put it on uh social media and we'll take shauna uh, oh yeah totally we'll do that 
Yeah, and uh, me and Shauna have a love-hate relationship as well, and she's always come, comes after me on social media sometimes too, and she's involved me in some of her matches as well, and like I said, um, you know, she, um, she's a great uh, wrestler in a ring. I've enjoyed uh, seeing her get better and better each time, and I watched her when she first, you know, started out, and she's a great talent, and I, and for some reason, I just enjoy when you and her get in the ring too, so it's all good. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you enjoy it because you'll definitely be more because I'm not going to leave this alone. So I'll get my jacket back. So you'll definitely be seeing more of me and Sean in the ring. That's cool. And also, um, we were—I uh, was talking to you about. Um, tell me about your upcoming upcoming match with us, Samantha Heights, who is another great talent in the ring. Definitely. I'm super excited to be wrestling Samantha Heights on May 11th for War Wrestling. That's going to be our first time matchup. We've been in a match together once, one other time before. It was a multi-person match. Uh, she's uh, definitely super talented, and I know I have to probably set my game up uh, to beat her, but I'm really confident in myself, and I'm really sure we're going ha- to have a great match for the, for the fans, and I'm super excited. I mean, she's a great wrestler, and she just won the Heart of Women, Heart of Shimmer Championship, so definitely going to set my game up and give her a run for her money. All right. Let's talk about War Ohio Wrestling, which is another great um, promotion over in Lima, Ohio. Um, always ride up with Joe and Rick Toms to come see these shows all the time as well. And you kind of made a little history in War Wrestling, too. Um, you were involved in the first ever women's main event there. And then you were in a bloody, hardcore, intense, steel cage match with hardcore heather owens you guys beat the crap of each other you guys got all bloodied up as well on uh her uh final uh match anywhere in the united states and she finally retired and um tell us a little bit about uh that match and tell us what you thought about her being inducted into the 2020 war hall of fame Definitely, I love nothing for war. I feel like war is home for me, even though I'm still live in Chicago and that's in Lima, Ohio. But that's definitely a place where I've definitely been champion and been main event and been able to share that uh, that history making moment with Heather Owens. I think it definitely deserves to be in the War Hall of Fame next year, especially after all those beatings I gave her. But it was awesome to be part of history, not only being the first women main event at the biggest show of the year, but also the first women's case match and the first women um, fans bring the weapons match so that was really cool to be part of um, something special and I have to give it up to Heather she could take all my hits and I could take all of hers so definitely a really good competitor competitor I'm gonna miss beating her up but she deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. She does. And um, I was there when you guys were in that uh, steel cage. And then after the uh, match was over, you were dripping with blood everywhere. It kind of reminded me. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was crazy. It was super bloody. I know. It kind of reminded me of watching a Ric Flair match. <laughs> Any other way, including with the loss of blood, I'll take that for a good match. 
That's pretty good too, because every time I go to a war show, the um, you seem you always get a huge pop with the fans. You get a lot of fan interaction for some reason. Some it seems like some of them just want to like hate you and chase you out of Lima, Ohio. I'm glad. I want them to. I want them to hate me. I want them to boo me. I love going to war for that reason. I I, I love getting the fan interaction and get them all riled up getting them all into it, and I know what buttons to push, and they feed right into it, but war is an awesome place. I definitely recommend a lot of people who haven't heard about it about it or know about it to check it out. I believe it's like one of Mid- the Midwest best. Tom is a dude. He definitely knows what he's doing. War is special, and I think it's a lot more people should know about it. I mean, he draws a great crowd every show, as you could see for yourself, but I really wish that there would be almost like a bigger a bigger stage and bigger known for that, but it's an awesome place to be, an awesome place to wrestle at, an awesome place to be a fan of, and I recommend everybody check it out, so definitely. Yeah, I was at the last, um, the last war show, and then, um, What's up with uh, Jimmy Shane picking you as his tag partner and you're going up against your boys, uh, Pave City and Will the Thrill? I know. Oh, my God. Okay. So I'm not going to lie. I can see why Jimmy Shane would pick me as his tag team partner because obviously I'm a really good wrestler and who wouldn't want me as their partner, especially at war. But for him to pick me to go up against my boys, like, come on, like, what are you even doing? I think he's just trying to get play mind games and get into their head. But I have a plan. I have a plan on how this could all work out for my benefit. So you know, everybody will just have to wait and see on Mark on uh, May 4th and see what happens. But I still can't believe Jimmy Shane picked me. Like, it's still blowing my mind right now. My reaction when he said me, I'm like, wait, what are you doing? But you'll see what ends up happening. Yeah, I, idea. Yeah, I saw the look on your face. Uh, you hated it, but the fans were loving it. You're like you just want to tell the fans to shut up you're like no oh my god i know i was so mad so <laughs> mad about it but uh, we'll see yeah and speaking of war wrestling as well uh you worked with thomas williams who is just a genius um what's it like to work with uh thomas williams Tom is awesome. He is probably one of the best promoters I've ever had the chance to work with. He is so smart when it comes to wrestling, but also sees everybody as equal. Like, he didn't book me and Heather for the main event just because we were women. He booked us for the main event because we just, we earned it. We worked our butts off, and the fans were in, really invested in our feud. Like, he said that the, like he knew that this was the right thing to do. So, that was awesome. And he always says he doesn't see his women wrestlers as women he just sees us as wrestlers and i think that's an awesome way to think about because you know a lot of people i think are jumping on the women bandwagon just to just because that's like the quote-unquote cool thing now but tom really sees us as competitors sees us as equal and that's all really i want to do i was just i don't want to be oh you're good you're a good wrestler for a girl i don't want to be that i just want to be a good wrestler in general regardless of my gender so i think it's awesome that tom does see that he puts a lot of work and effort into his product and it definitely shows and it comes across i mean it definitely you can see it in his product you can see it in the quality of matches and the array of talent that there is at war so i'm really um glad and happy to be be part of that and tom's an awesome guy that's pretty good and um also when you're not wrestling or training as well you're a huge simpsons fan and that show's been on forever 
man, I love the census. Like, if somebody ever wants to have a conversation with me, talk to me about the census, and I could talk to you. You're, you're off about it. I have a Bart Simpson tattoo, actually, on my on my wrist, and plan to have way more census tattoos. But I've been a fan of it since growing up, because actually, that's one of the ways I learned English, was watching the Simpsons, because growing up in Mexico, I, my, first, my first language is Spanish. But watching the Simpsons helped me uh, learn more English that way. And I just love the Simpsons. I can relate everything to the Simpsons. So I'm a huge Simpsons fan. And like I said, if anybody wants to have a conversation with me, talk to me about the Simpsons, and it'll be a great conversation. That's pretty good as well. And speaking of the Simpsons as well, that's kind of neat. You learned English from Bart. That's that. That's funny, but that... <laughs> Um, what's your favorite Simpson episode of all time that you like and you can watch it over and over again? I know you probably like a bunch of them. What's that one? Oh, the call, man. Like, like you're, you're so right. There, I have so many favorites because there's so many good ones. I mean, the solid seasons are seasons 1 through 11. Those are like the golden era of The Simpsons for sure. But my ultimate favorite uh, episode, if I had to pick one, is King Size Homer. Whenever he gain a whole bunch of weight so he'll become disabled and work from home so he ends up uh getting a moo moo and that's like one of my favorite lines when he goes to the big and tall store he's like i don't want to look like a weirdo i'll take the moo moo and when he's wearing that big old pink uh blue moo moo with the pink flowers i just love it like i could quote the episode all day i could watch that episode all day but i just love king size homer that's an awesome episode you should watch it if you have it it's such a solid episode definitely the prime of the Simpsons, but I love it. Uh, that's pretty cool as well, since you've got, you know, like a, uh, you know, a Simpson tattoo as well. Um, do you collect any Simpson collectibles? I do. I collect all of Simpsons, everything. I have a whole bunch of random Simpsons stuff. I have a lot of Simpsons uh, games game uh game boards like uh jeopardy and scrabble and monopoly simpsons and i also have a whole bunch of bootleg simpsons stuff my mom sends me because my mom still goes visits mexico a lot and every time she finds something something of the simpsons she buys it for me even if it's bootleg stuff like i used to have this uh bart slash teenage mutant ninja turtles uh little toy that's great but i love the simpsons so if anybody has Simpsons stuff and you want to give it to me you totally can and accept gifts and forms of the simpsons that's pretty good as well. And uh, speaking of your mother as well, um, once you became, got into pro wrestling, how supportive was she? And um, does she uh, come to some of your matches? Early first April you still there? Yeah, you just cut out. Oh, yeah, because I heard some lady in the background talking about a cell or something. Sorry about that, but now I'm still here. Yeah, you cut it. You, you cut it out. But go ahead. I can hear you now. Okay. Now, what I was saying, because uh, that crazy interruption we had, um, was um, how supportive was your mom when you got into pro wrestling, and has she seen you in action in the ring? My mom is 110% supportive. My mom is probably a bigger wrestling fan than I am, which I think is really great. But she's definitely seen me in action. She loves seeing me wrestle. She still lives in Texas, so we don't get to see each other as much as I would like. But every time she gets the chance to see me wrestle, she definitely does. She gets so into it. She cheers me no matter what. But it's awesome to have the love and support of you know your family members, especially your friend, your parents, as far as my mom. Of having she has my back. She sometimes thinks I'm crazy, but she supports and loves everything that I do. And every single time she gets a chance to talk to somebody about me being a wrestler, she definitely does. She pulls up a picture. She pulls up a video clip, and always showing off me being a wrestler. 
process. So I love my mom and I'm so glad I have her support no matter what I do. That's pretty good as well. And also you enjoy uh, your English bulldog, Rocco. Tell us a little bit about Rocco. Yeah, I have an English bulldog named Rocco. He's six years old. He's awesome. He's super cute. You'll see him in my promos sometimes. He'll be hanging out with me or even in my pictures, but he's awesome. I love spending time with him. He's super spoiled and uh, he's just super cute. So really he's seen tech. Check it out on my Instagram at Paloma Star with two R's. You'll definitely see lots of pictures of my English bulldog Rocco. That's pretty good as well. Um, of all the matches you've been in, you've been in a lot of matches. What was your most memorable Lucha Libre match that was so wild and tense you can just still remember it today? Oh man, that's a very good question. Um, I can't answer that question without for sure naming the cage match with the with Heather. I'll never forget that just because, of course, being the main event, being her retirement match, and being so bloody, that was definitely a super super memorable uh, match for me. But another match that will always stick out in my mind is the time when I wrestled Mickey James. Uh, Mickey James is a super big inspiration. I grew up watching her, and being able to share the ring with her was so surreal to me I was nervous but it was so awesome and that was definitely one of my dream matches come true that I was able to wrestle Mickey James so that was awesome so when you wrestled uh, Mickey James as well what you learned from her and uh, did you guys and um, did you guys have any like uh, great stories you know sharing in the uh, in the back dressing room as well and I know you were probably trying not to mark out <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I was so nervous. It was so funny because the first thing that the promoter told me whenever she introduced us was like, this is Paloma and she's super nervous. I'm like, oh, thanks. And that was Fred Urban, which actually just recently passed away, which I missed so much from OSW down in Texas. So shout out to him. But it was awesome. I mean, what I learned from Mickey James is to have fun. Uh, she definitely saw how nervous I was. She's like, don't worry about it. Just have fun. So, like, if you're having fun, everything else will come, will, will come with it. And sure enough, and that's true. I let go. We just had fun and, and everything else just natural. It came back easily. And I had some great conversations with her, um, some very awesome, intimate uh, conversations in the locker room that I probably can't share, but it was great um, in meeting her. And even I actually got to see her at WrestleCon the next year, and it was pretty cool, her saying hi to me and remembering and talking about even a, of our match. So, and she actually ended up being our, uh, a special guest referee for one of my matches again uh, later on the next year. So we had some little bit of history there. So, hey, maybe along the line I'll get to see her again. But it was really cool learning from her. And like I said, it was like a dream come true. That's pretty awesome. Good for you. Um, also, in your career, um, have you had any like regrets? Uh, my biggest regret in my career is definitely doing all those hardcore matches when I was very young, starting out in the business. I mean, I did everything and everything that I could. Uh, staple, staple guns, uh, light tubes, light uh, light tubes, uh, boards of barbed wire, uh, mousetraps, uh, you name it, I've, I've, done, I've done it, especially early on in my career, and that's definitely one of them. I definitely one of my biggest regrets that I've had was all right. Early on in my career. <laughs> oh, I bet. I know. It probably was intense. I bet you probably have so many scars and bruises from all your hardcore matches in your earlier in your career. Funny that you say that. I have a big old scar across the bridge of my nose for having a done a Taipei match, and I had to get four stitches across the bridge of my nose because my face exploded and my cut was so so deep you could see my sinus cavity. Ooh, that's scary. I wouldn't want to see a picture of that. 
Yeah, definitely. So that was really intense. That was probably the most bloody I've been, even besides my uh, my uh, cage match with Heather. So. Oh, that's pretty good as well. So, where where do you see yourself so far this year in 2019? Oh man, I've been way busier than I thought it was going to be this year. Not going to lie, which is awesome. I see myself keeping keep, keeping the pace going and keeping busy. Would love to have more triple shot weekends, just like this past weekend. Even though if I end up sore in the next day, and on Monday it's totally worth it. Um, I definitely see myself wrestling. A higher caliber people such as Zoe Sky that I just wrestled last week or um, Samantha Heights. I definitely want to learn more and I can't get better if I don't wrestle people who are better than me. And I definitely want to add a couple more states to my list. I so far have wrestled in 14 different states. So I'd love to have that, uh, that state list grow and hey, maybe I'll go international and make my way up to Canada. Oh, that would be pretty cool. I would love to see you up in Canada. Um, Canada is like a hotbed of pro wrestling as well. You'll fit perfectly up there in Canada wrestling as well. Um, do you see yourself wrestling um, like over in England, Japan? Of course, I would love to. That is like that is like my one achieving dream that I want to. I want to wrestle in Japan. Like if uh, that's my version of making it. I think everybody's version of making it is different, and my version of making it is being able to wrestle in Japan, whichever promotion, any promotion. If I could just wrestle in Japan and train with them, I thought would be like my life would be made. I wouldn't have to do any anything else. But that's definitely a goal of mine. And of course, like England and anywhere overseas, where wrestling is appreciated, I would love to make my mark at. I'm speaking since you you know wrestled in 14 states. You want to wrestle, of course, in Japan and also in Canada, which I know you'll end up being in Canada wrestling and have some great matches as well. Um, one question I need to ask you as well: um, Did you, have um, you ever uh, wrestled any promotions in Mexico? Surprisingly, I have not, and that's really weird to me since I want to go back home and visit in El Paso. Mexico is just like right there across the border, but I have yet to wrestle in Mexico. I've I've been to a plenty of wrestling shows in Mexico, especially growing up, but not yet. I'm, I'm pretty close of securing a date here soon to wrestle in Mexico, but um, hopefully here soon it comes to fruition and we'll go from there. Oh, that's pretty awesome. I hope it happens for you because... Um, Me too. Um, yeah, and um, I enjoy you uh, wrestling. I'm, I've, I've seen you live a bunch of times. I've seen some of your matches on YouTube and online as well, and, and I know uh, you're a heel, but... You know, um, I can't help it. I I just like your whole character. I mean, every, you know, I can't hate on you, and I should because you know you're <laughs> you're doing your job. I just enjoy it. It's it's it's, it's hard to hate on you since you're a heel. <laughs> Totally. I want to be the person that you love to hate. So that's definitely me for sure. And I love being you. I love being the bad guy. It's it's actually much easier to get people to hate you than it is to like you, at least in my experience. So I definitely love doing that. But of course, I still hear, I'm not going to lie, I still hear a little bit of tears here and there, even though I'm a super big heel, even in that war, I hear a little bit of people for me but it's always fun i love it either way i'm having fun yeah make having fun then i'm having fun yeah make a promise don't don't ever go baby face (laughs) i I know i hope not i don't want to i love being bad all right i'm also where can everybody find you on social media so they know what you're going to be doing next and your upcoming matches yeah, definitely. I'm actually super active on social media. I love having bad interaction with social media. If you message me and it's not a super creeper message, I will probably nine out of ten times reply to you. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
at Paloma Star, a star with two R's, and you can find me on pretty much every social media platform because I'm all about that. So definitely check it out and follow me. That pretty good. And like I said, thank you so much for coming out of your busy schedule to come on to the show tonight. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Yes, and everybody else, uh, thank you to listen to Wrestle Popcast. You can follow Wrestle Popcast at Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast. Um, you can follow me at Twitter at WPopcast1, Facebook at Wrestle Popcast, and you can follow me at Podcast City Network at PodcastCity.net. Everybody have a great evening. Bye.